Well, Happy New Year. Oh, not yet. Okay, sorry. Happy New Year tomorrow. Happy New Year tomorrow. Hey, welcome to Creekside Community Church. Thank you so much for joining us today. What a great way to uh, gather together and prepare for. Woo. You might have to mute all the uh, other mics. All right. Uh, what a great time to gather together and consider the Lord's will for each of us for this next year. Uh, my name is Luke. I'm the senior pastor here where our mission is to help people take their next step with Jesus. And if you've been attending Creekside for any amount of time, you've heard me probably say that several times before, that we are here to help people take their next step with Jesus. Now, if it's your first time or if you're relatively new, this is the perfect Sunday to be here because today we're going to be talking about what that means on a practical level. We're going to be looking at this concept of discipleship, what it means and looks like to follow Jesus. And our goal is to encourage you over this next year to consider what steps Jesus might be calling you to take this year and to give you all the tools you need to take those. So again, welcome, and I am so glad you're either here today or those of you watching online, thank you for joining us online as well. Hey, our big announcement in this new year is that we are kicking off connection groups again. I love our groups. We have groups that meet on Sunday morning at 9, not today. A few of you showed up at 9, that's right. Uh, but starting next Sunday, our groups will begin meeting to, uh, again. And um, it's the perfect time to sign up because we're actually launching a new group this spring. And so we'd love for you to consider joining a group if you are not currently part of one. We have groups for everyone from our youngest kids through our middle school and high school students. Our young adults have a group that meets on Tuesday nights. Um, and we have a bunch of different groups that meet Sunday mornings at 9. So Sunday mornings at 9 and during the week. And we'd love for you to consider joining a group. And we actually have a sign-up sheet in the back of the sanctuary and then one on the information table. You can't miss it. If you get coffee or donuts, it's right there on purpose, right in front of you, so you can consider signing up. And we'd love for you to do that. Um, it's a great place to make friends and grow together and apply scripture to our lives. Uh, lastly, I just want to say thank you so much um, from all of us in leadership, from our board, uh, for all your generous gifts to our church community. Um, it's like... I've been kind of nervous all year long, <laughs> and uh, finances have been tough, especially with our driveway issue and our driveway restoration this last summer, um, but we've really, really recovered really well as a church family, and that's thanks to your generosity as a church community, and so thank you so much for all your generous gifts and your giving. Um, I just want to remind you that if you want to give a special gift for 2023 tax purposes, it has to be submitted by the end of the day today. Um, otherwise, it'll count for the following year's tax purposes. All right. Uh, we have a bunch of other things going on. Um, I'm actually going to be sharing some of those during the message. As we look forward to this next year, I I'm excited to share both uh, what it looks like for each of us to follow Jesus, but also as a church, the kinds of things we're planning to do this next year to do that together. Uh, but for now, let's stand together, and we're going to begin our service with some songs of praise and worship, celebrating who God is and how powerful he is and how good he is. So let me pray for this time together, and then we'll sing together, uniting in song and worship. God, I thank you so much for uh, the Christmas celebrations we got to share this last week, and uh, many of us are looking forward to um, celebrating this next year tonight with friends or family or uh, just on our own, but we thank you for the gift that New Year is and brings, and it's time to reflect on where we are with you and how you're calling us forward. And so, God, I ask that as we consider this next year and as we look back on this last year, 
that you would help us to do it with eyes full of grace and your wisdom to see where your hand was at work and where you do want to work in us, in our lives, and in the world. We ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Please join us in singing. There's nothing that our God can't do. I will believe for greater things. There's no power like the power of Jesus. Just one word, you calm the storm that surrounds me. Just one word, the darkness has to I will. 
let faith arise. Let all agree, there's no power like the power of Jesus. Amen. There is nothing like his power, amen, which we look forward to. I don't know if you... Really celebrate New Year change, like it's a milestone. You got a next year coming, this one's ending. I'm happy to be over with 23. So, this next song is Be Thou My Vision. We ask God at this time to be our vision. We should have Him in our vision, and He should be our vision.
worship you. You are here, working in this place. I worship you. I worship you. You are waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. You are waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. You are here, touching every heart. I worship you. focus on you. We'll have a better year than last year, and that you will remain the God of our lives and more lives than ever before. In Jesus' name, amen.
I once heard someone say that there's two types of people in the world, those who love to make goals and resolutions, that's the kind I am, and those that openly mock those people who make goals and resolutions. As we get started today, uh, so I'm, I'm a goal resolution person. What's interesting is uh, Janelle's the second type of person, and actually I found, she even asked me the other day, she's like, have I made fun of you so much that you've stopped making goals? Like, have I <laughs> uh, kind of limited your, your enthusiasm for the new year? And, it, and that's actually true that I don't make as many goals as I used to, but I'm still more of a goal person, and Janelle's more of like a, that's silly, just, you know, keep growing, keep going. Why is the new year? It's just a day. I'm like, no, there's something special about it. Uh, as we get started today, which kind of person are you? Uh, goals, resolutions, think about the new year. All right, a few of you, not many of you. Hey, don't be shy, be proud, all right? I am that kind of person as well. Uh, how about those who are like, no, that's silly. Goals, resolutions are silly, okay? Anyone kind of just halfway in between, like you'll do it sometimes, halfway in between, halfway in betweeners, okay, yep, all right. The fence, fence riders. What? Goals should happen all year. Wow, Nancy, I, I think, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I hear you. Amen, all right. Hey, um, as we get started today, actually, this message is going to be for you, whether you're a goals person, resolution person, or not, because what I want to do is just lay out the invitation of Jesus, which is, interestingly, to follow him, which is really exciting because it means that wherever you are, you can begin that journey, even if you haven't started it, and no matter how long you've been following Jesus, there's another step for you to take. You're not done yet. None of us are going to be ever finished in this journey, uh, this side of heaven. And so I'm so excited you're here today, and we're just going to jump in and look at first how this worked with Jesus' disciples to kind of lay the foundation. And then um, I want to challenge you to consider where you are today with Jesus and what your next step might be. But first, let's go, uh, we're going to start with the Gospel of John. This is the beginning, the very beginning of Jesus' ministry, uh, John uh, who actually became one of Jesus' disciples, uh, is writing about the beginning of Jesus' ministry. And here's what he says. He says, the next day, John, now this is confusing. There's two Johns going on here. This is John the baptizer he's talking about. So the next day, John the baptizer saw Jesus coming toward him and said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Now, this is a crazy claim to make. For a number of reasons, we're actually going to be exploring some of those reasons uh, at a class we have coming up in February. But it's a crazy big claim that this is the Lamb of God as he's pointing at a person. And then John the Baptist tells his disciples, he says, This is the one I told you guys about when I said, After me comes a man who ranks ahead of me because he existed before me. I didn't know him, but I came baptizing with water so that he might be revealed to Israel. And John testified and said, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and he rested on him. Again, talking about Jesus. I didn't know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water told me, the one you see the Spirit descending and resting on, he is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. Another crazy claim. And then the craziest of all, John says, I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. Now just imagine for a moment that you're one of John's disciples. You have accepted this message that you need to repent for your sins and you need to change your ways and you get baptized by him in the Jordan River and you're kind of following, along, following him around, trying to learn from him, maybe even taking part in baptizing others. 
And then one day John just drops this bomb, right? That guy over there. I saw the spirit descend on him. He is the Holy One of God. He's the Lamb of God who's come to take away the sin of the world. And I have seen and testified that this is the sin of God. Now what would be going on through your mind? You'd be wondering, are all these things true? Could they be about this man, Jesus? Possibly? This is what these disciples are wondering. The next day, John was standing with two of his disciples. And when he saw Jesus passing by, he said, something similar, look, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this and followed Jesus. Now again, what, what is the question on their mind? Is he really the Lamb of God? Is he really the Son of God? So they start following Jesus. And when Jesus turned and noticed them following him, he asked them, what are you looking for? And now you, we all know what they're looking for, right? They want to know if this is true. But I love the story because of what, how honest it is about these disciples. They said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? <laughs> you guys feel what's going on here? I don't know if they're too intimidated to ask or too scared to ask. That's too big of a question for someone they don't know. Where are you staying, Rabbi? Let's start with something easy. Right? And I love, even more than their silly question, is Jesus' response. He doesn't condemn them for their lack of faith. He doesn't say, come on, guys, get with it. Right? You just heard John. I'm the Lamb of God. No, he says this. He says, come and you'll see. So they went. And they saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day. It was about four in the afternoon. And when you keep reading the story, you find that they continue with him. And they're learning more. They're exploring these claims, and they're finding out for themselves. And so as we consider where people are with Jesus, this is the starting point. Right? What do these disciples know about Jesus? What have they decided? Very little. They have a lot of questions. They're not sure. But they begin following Jesus with all of these questions, and then they find out more. And so I want to share with you something that uh, I've read in several books, and it has just been helpful for me to think about this whole following Jesus thing, this, this invitation, I think, of a lifetime. And the basic idea is that everyone in the world is somewhere on this graph, okay? If you think about just a, a spectrum from, let's say, zero is in the middle, and let's say for the for this conversation, that zero or right in the middle where that cross is represents the moment when someone chooses to follow Jesus with their life. When they cross the line of faith and say, Jesus, you are my Lord. I want to follow you with my life. Some people are a negative one, let's say. Let's just make this simple. Negative one, negative two, negative three, negative four, positive one, two, three, four, okay? Some people are at a negative one. They're not a Christian. They haven't chosen to follow Jesus with their life, but they're very open to him. They're open to spirituality, they actually even like Jesus. They're opening to read the Bible and explore more. Other people are negative two or negative three. If you talk about Jesus, they're like, eh, I don't know. Christians are pretty terrible at the end. That's what they're likely to say. And then on the positive side, uh, you have one, two, three, or four. That, the idea is that after you choose to follow Jesus, the journey's not over. It's a significant moment. It's a really special moment, but that's one more step. And then you follow Jesus, and there's steps to take after that in the journey of becoming more like him over time. And so maybe zero to one is kind of what we call like a baby Christian. And they just don't know about that much. 
and they don't know how to feed themselves like a baby in our normal world does, right? Uh, they need someone to kind of give them uh, prepackaged food maybe, right? Some Bible study lessons that are really easy to handle and really palatable. But as they grow, they mature, they start practicing spiritual disciplines, they connect with God, and they are transformed from the inside out over time to become more and more like Jesus. So everyone is somewhere on the scale. And I'd love for you to consider, actually today, where, where are you? If you had to point somewhere and say, that's about where I am right now in my walk with Jesus, where would it be? You're negative one, negative two, positive one, positive two. Maybe you're really spiritual and you're like a plus seven or eight, okay? If so, uh, we need to get coffee and I need to figure out what you're doing in your life and learn from you. And you can uh, preach next Sunday's message. Um, but in all seriousness, I want you to consider, where are you? Where are you? And what is your next step? Now, this rest of the message is going to be me doing my best to use the word to say, okay, if, if you're over here, here's what you might need to do now. Here's the next step for you to consider. And if you're at a plus one, okay, here's the next step for you. And I don't want you to tune out until I get to the part where you're at, okay? Because, for a very important reason, because if you are a follower of Jesus, if you have made him the Lord of your life, then you understand it's not all about you. It's all about the world. And that there are people around you who are behind you in this journey of faith. And you have not just an obligation, but you should have a heart to say, I want to help you along. And so I want you to also consider, if you have chosen to follow Jesus, and as I work through this, uh, where are my loved ones around me in this? And as I work through, you know, the, the first step is explore, learn more. And I want you to be considering, how could I help the people in my life explore? How could I help them commit? How could I help them worship and join us on Sundays? How could I help them get connected? And so there's something here for all of us to learn today. So here's how we say things at Creekside. This is just our way of breaking down this process and trying to make it a little simplified. Not simplistic, but simplified. Uh, and we really like C's around here because we're Creekside Community Church, CCC. So we uh, made three C's match kind of the three big steps of going from negative one or two to all the way growing to become more like Jesus. So we say, consider, connect, collaborate. If that sounds familiar, you probably saw those on the wall in the foyer. And we actually have little cards there to kind of break down what each of these steps look like. Uh, but we want to help people take their next step with Jesus, and it starts with consider. We want to help people consider the good news about Jesus. Secondly, we want to help people connect in our worshiping family of faith. And thirdly, we want to help people collaborate on mission with intellect and action. And so this is gonna, what we're going to be walking through. And again, the challenge for you is to consider where are you, what is your next step, and also where are the people around you, and how could you help them take that next step. Now, I want to say at the outset, I, I don't always get all the details I want to um, in 30 minutes or maybe more. Uh, but I wanted to point you to a resource that we have available on our website. We actually have a whole web page that links to other resources. It's our next steps page. Hey, how about that? All right, makes sense. So if you just go to creekside.cc, that's our church website, and click next steps, you can find out more about any of the things I will be talking about today. So first, though, let's go back to this. Uh, we help people consider the good news about Jesus. Let's talk about that first one a little bit. How do we do that? 
Well, we don't want to just say, hey, you're welcome here if you've chosen to follow Jesus. We want to say you're welcome here if you have a bunch of questions and you're looking for answers, and we want to help you find those answers. It begins with exploration, right? Just like those disciples, remember how Jesus handled that? He didn't say, come on, guys, get it together. He said, come and see. Learn. Ask your questions and look for answers, and I will help you find them. So how do we do this? Well, there's a lot of different ways, but one of them is we actually want to encourage people who have doubts and questions to push forward and look for answers. And so we have uh, an explore page. If you go to that next steps page, the, the first step is explore. And we've actually put together basically an online course, an online library of resources, answering the tough questions people have about Christianity. People say that if Christianity is true, that means all the other religions are wrong. That's really exclusive. That doesn't seem right. Can't we all be right? That's a great question. We have a 20-minute video actually teaching you about that question. Or does science disprove faith? Aren't these at odds? How, does it, how do they work together? Is the Bible historically accurate? If God is good, why do bad things happen called the problem of evil? Uh, and then on the other side, we have kind of exploring the basics of Christianity. We have uh, a video exploring what is the good news of the gospel? How, how does that actually work? Uh, who should get baptized? Should I get baptized? And just so you know, as we're planning this next year as a church, this is something we want to keep adding to. And so if you have an idea for a topic that should be addressed, please tell me or one of us on staff and let us know. Like, hey, you guys need to make a uh, video exploring this question. And this resource, again, has dual purposes, okay? One, if you have questions, tough questions, this is for you. This is mostly for you. But also, like, if you're a parent and your kids have tough questions, this is for you too. I remember um, it's one of those things where we put out resources and you kind of just don't know who's watching what or if anyone's looking at things. Um, but a couple of months ago, one of the families that attends our church uh, spoke to me after the service and said, thank you so much for putting out these resources. Whenever we see that there's a new video posted, we sit down together as a family and we watch it with our kids and we have these great conversations about it. It's like, wow, that's a great way to use this that I didn't even think of. Um, but I love it because it's encouraging the kids to ask those questions and then talking to, about it together as a family. That's a great option. I also wanted to highlight this because this is something you can just share. If you're talking to someone, they're like, yeah, but, you know, if God is good, why do bad things happen? There's a lot of ways to ask that question. And if you don't really know what to say at the moment, you have two options. You can say, that is a great question. I think my church has a resource on that. Let me send it to you. Or you yourself can just watch the presentation and try and take notes and then come back and like, hey, I've done some research on this question and I have some things to share with you. It's a really good question. Let me do my best to try and start answering it. So it's for your education and also others answering the questions. So we want to help people consider, right? It starts with come and see. And if that's where you are with Jesus, I want to encourage you as the best I can because some people get stuck here for a long time because they have tough questions. And they feel like as long as they have these tough questions that they're sitting with, they can't take their next step. But the problem is some people just have questions and they stop there. And I encourage you, let those questions drive you to seek truth, okay? Don't stop with just asking questions. Find answers. And for you, I want to encourage you this year to look for answers. Don't just ask the questions. 
look for answers. You wanna learn enough about Jesus so you can make a decision. Come and see. So here are possible applications for you. If you're kind of in this negative one to zero range, you're considering, you're at that step of consider. Uh, again, don't just ask tough questions, seek answers. Also, if you come to that point where you say yes to Jesus, and now you are following him with your life, there's this really simple prayer. God, not my will, but your will. Because of the foundation of following Jesus is this commitment that you are Lord of my life now. You're the boss, not me. And so it's really simple just to start every day by saying, God, your will today, not mine. God, your will in my relationships today, not mine. God, your will at my work today, not mine. And then finally, if you've never been baptized, we encourage you to be baptized to celebrate the new life that you found in Jesus. And we love celebrating baptism here. If that's something you wanna know more about or celebrate with us, we'd love to make that happen. Um, so again, though, first step, consider. Consider the good news about Jesus. We wanna help you do that. And if that is your next step this year, it would be such a great year for you to find answers, to choose to follow Jesus and to be baptized in celebration of that. We help people consider the good news about Jesus, connect in our worshiping family and faith, and collaborate on mission with intellect and with action. So let's move on and talk about this connect piece. We help people connect. Uh, and I want to turn here from talking about the disciples as they follow Jesus to what the early church looked like. And this is a really famous text and just paints this picture of what the early church was like. It says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and signs were being performed through the apostles. Now all the believers were together and held all things in common. They sold their possessions and property and distributed the proceeds to all as any had need. Every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple and broke bread from house to house. This is the part we're gonna zoom in on in a moment. They ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And every day the Lord added to their number those who are being saved. Now look at verse 46 one more time. It says, every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple and broke bread from house to house. They ate food with joyful and sincere hearts. This middle step of connect is about both of these things. And I love how uh, Luke, the, the, the follower of Jesus who wrote the book of Acts, the story of the early church, included both of these just back to back because the truth is God made us relational beings. He designed us with this ability to connect with him. That's like the vertical relationship and to, to need other people and to be in relationship with other people. That's the horizontal part. And he gets at both of them here, right? They're going to the temple. That's where you would worship God. They're worshiping God together in the temple and they're gathering in their homes with other believers. You see this? It's worship and fellowship. And we're wired for both and we need both. And I don't think you can live life to the fullest without both of these in your life. And so we wanna help people connect with our worshiping family of faith. We wanna help people connect up in their relationship to God and with a group of fellow believers. And I find that this aspect of worship is something that there's a lot of confusion about. I was just talking with someone the other day and 
they just kind of threw out there in conversation, like, I know Sunday morning doesn't really matter that much because I can worship God in the mountains or wherever. And it was one of those tough things because I didn't have the relationship with the person to correct them, and it was not the time for that. It was, uh, we were talking about something else. And, but I just, it's like, ah. yes, you can worship God in the mountains, yes. But there is something unique and special about worshiping God as a group with a family of faith. Worship has at least two things going on. It's way more complicated than this, but let's just talk about two really quick. Uh, First of all, worship is formative. The Bible teaches that as we gather together and worship God together, that through all the things we do, through singing songs together, through studying scripture together, through praying together, that this actually shapes us as people. Worship forms us. Worship is something we do that kind of puts us in a position for God to work on us and chip away at our hard edges and make us a little bit more like Jesus. Worship is formative. And secondly, worship is what it sounds like. It's this God-directed praise. And it's set aside time to say, God, we want to focus on you right now. We want your will to be done in our lives. And we're going to spend time praising you. In fact, the word worship comes from the Old English, worth-ship. It's ascribing worth to God. How valuable is God? And when we take time and gather together and praise him and sing and study scripture, that's a way of telling God how much he's worth in our hearts and our lives. And I want to say that there's a, there is a group aspect to this and the personal aspect to this. We should be worshiping God in our homes, by ourselves, in your car as you're driving from place to place, and together. It's both and. So there's both personal worship, this is the second point, and communal worship. It's something that we should do on our own and together. And if this is the step you're at, I want to challenge you and encourage you to go deep in your relationship with God and with your relationship with fellow Christians. So what does that mean and what does that look like? Um, It could look like for you that you need to begin prioritizing the Sunday gathering. I've heard so many stories from parents and seen throughout the years of this trickle-down effect from parents to kids where a parent will bring their kids to church, but then if something squeezes in, like if life is just a little busy, the first thing to go for that family is church. And almost inevitably, when those kids grow up and are off in college, guess what? College feels busy. And so for the kids, they've just absorbed this idea that, well, the first thing to go is church. I want to encourage you to prioritize the gathering together. Something powerful is happening as we do this. For you, maybe it's that you need to start or continue a daily time with God. I think it's so powerful and so important to either start your day or end your day. And you can do it either way, okay? A lot of us morning people make it sound like it's got to be first thing in the morning. That's when I do it. It's not when you have to do it, okay? If you're not a morning person, that's not a good idea because you'll just be asleep the whole time and you won't understand anything you're reading. Um, But there's something really powerful and special 
about every single day saying, God, I wanna spend some time in your word and praying and just talking to you and listening for your voice. It's good to do this. Go deep with God this year and go deep in groups. The whole purpose of our connection groups is to make a place where you can form friendships with fellow Christians, our family of faith, and apply scripture to our lives, where we hold ourselves accountable to what we're learning and practicing. So for those of you who don't know, the way our groups work, um, all of them have the same basic curriculum. And they're not really like a Bible study or a Sunday school. They really are a discussion time. And they're based off the previous Sunday's message. So we're going to get back together next Sunday or some of our midweek groups this week. And what we'll be talking about is this. Like, we'll be like, hey, where are you when it comes to following Jesus? What do you think is your next step this year? And what does that look like for you? It's a place to apply scripture to our lives and then to um, grow in friendship with each other. And if you're not part of one of these groups, it's good, and I want to encourage you. And I've just been so encouraged as our groups have grown. Um, for those of you who don't know, like our 9 a.m. groups are bursting at the seams, many of them. So uh, we are actually going to be starting a new group um, because we want to keep seats open for newcomers. And so we're going to be kicking off a new group. So that's why I say it's the perfect time to join because we have this new group starting. If you're not part of a group, this is the time to join one. All right. We help people take their next step with Jesus. We help people consider the good news about Jesus, connect in our worshiping family of faith, and collaborate on mission with intellect and action. Now, uh, before I, I know I've been talking for a while, so kids, I want to explain something to you about this whole thing of following Jesus. So kids, are you listening? I didn't think so. All right, kids. Um, how many of you know the song, Follow the Leader, or the game? Do you guys know the game, Follow the Leader? Tell me really quick how it works. Just shout out the rules. How does it work? So, you, okay, good. Yeah, you have to follow the leader. Good. And you also sing the song normally, right? So you follow the leader, and you sing the song, and then the leader, the person in the front of the line, does something, right? Maybe puts their hands in the air, and you have to do it too, right? Uh, if you don't do it, you have to go to the back of the line. Got it. So uh, I want to teach you a song. I changed the words to follow the leader for us, okay? And I want you to sing it because this is what it means to follow Jesus, okay? We're going to sing, we're following King Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. We're following King Jesus wherever he may go. You guys ready to sing? It's going to help you remember this, right? We're following King Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. We're following King Jesus wherever he may go. All right. Hey, uh, that's bad singing on my part, but hopefully it just moves it a little back in your mind for your part. And kids, you too, you're called to follow Jesus with your life. And we wanna help you take your next step too. Maybe come to connection groups at 9 a.m. kids classes. All right, finally, we wanna collaborate on mission with intellect and action. These are amazing verses from the Apostle Paul. He says, therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, I urge you, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. Don't be conformed to this age or this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your, say it, mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will 
of God. These verses are super thick and rich with meaning and implications. I want you to notice just two things before uh, we start applying this, though. The Paul says all of these things that we do are in view of the mercies of God. Do you see that? Therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God. And as I've been talking about all these steps we're supposed to take, I just want to really clarify and make sure we understand that when we follow Jesus, when we seek to become more like him and seek to learn from him, and we come to church on Sundays or sign up for a group, that those things do not earn us favor with God. They don't earn you more love with God. We do these things in view of God's mercies, not to gain God's mercies. Paul is saying, God has already given you his mercy. He's already given you his grace. He's already made you clean. Now, because of that, do these things. The best metaphor I know is the family one of, of uh, adoption. When a child is adopted into a new family, oftentimes you're fully adopted, right? You have, you have chores to do. <laughs> now, how sad would it be if that child thought, well, I better do these chores or else I won't have a place to sleep tonight. No, right? That's not how it works. You're in the family. You're part of the family. Because you're part of the family, you have chores to do. And it's the same thing with the works we do as we follow Jesus. They don't earn us favor with God. They don't get us into this family. That's all by grace. You're adopted. Now, here's some family chores to do. This is who we are as a family. This is what we do as a family. We do this in view of God's mercies. But then also look, that this transformation that we're after to grow more and more like Jesus happens through the renewing of our minds. That's why as a church, one of our core values is to have hungry minds, to always be seeking to learn more. We cultivate our minds in our pursuit of Jesus knowing that what comes into our minds will inevitably spill over into our lives. So we want to learn Together. We want to collaborate on mission with intellect and action, with intellect and action. And this again goes back to those verses in Acts where they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They're devoting themselves to learn more about what Jesus was like. Many of these people who had chosen to follow Jesus because of the testimony of the disciples, they never saw Jesus walking around. They never listened to him firsthand. All they had was the testimony of the apostles. And so they're listening to the apostles and they're trying to understand, they're receiving this teaching, they're trying to put it together. And so we do that as a church. We do this uh, thing at least once a year called IQ Church. It's basically some classes where we just dig into a topic or a subject and try and learn. And so we actually have one coming up in February. Um, Jake and I are going to be, actually we've been researching for the last month and a half um, on the atonement fancy word. It's actually a made-up word. If you look at the word atonement, it's at-one-ment. At-one-ment. Uh, the atonement is basically how is it that Jesus saves us? And that's what we're going to be exploring. Everyone knows Jesus saves. Yeah! But how? How did Jesus on a cross 2,000 years ago, how, did that, how does that affect me? Like, what did that actually do to my sins? the power of evil. So Jesus saves, but how? That's what we're going to be exploring together in February. Uh, we also put on our website all the past versions of this we did. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, Deanna gave some 
some teaching on how to share Jesus with others in a natural way. Uh, we have a class we did on the book of Revelation last year. Uh, again, but the whole point of this is to grow in our knowledge of the Lord, to renew our minds. And so we want to collaborate on mission with intellect and action. One more time, let's look at these verses because there's one more thing I want you to see. It says, everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and signs were being performed through the apostles. Now all the believers were together and held all things in common. They sold their possessions and property and distributed the proceeds to all as any had need. Every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple and broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And this is talking about the people outside the church community. Enjoying the favor of all the people. And every day the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. Would you agree that this world needs Jesus? I just feel like that more and more. I almost don't want to listen to the news anymore. Um, it can be so depressing and so disturbing. Uh, this world needs Jesus. But when you read through the New Testament, you find Jesus saying, therefore, you all go and make disciples of other nations. And you find out that the church community is called the body of Christ. If you agree that the world needs Jesus, then you actually agree that the world needs the church. It's the same thing. If you say the world needs Jesus, you're actually saying the world needs the church, being the church. The world needs the church, being Jesus' hands and feet in this world. We want to collaborate on God's mission in this world because the church is actually his plan A at this stage in human history. That's how he wants to work his will in this world. We want to be the church and grow more like Jesus through both serving and learning. That's our goal. We want to collaborate on mission with intellect and action. And I love how this starts to get us to circle all the way back to the beginning of that cycle again. So we as a church, if you don't know this, we do something every year called Creekside Serves. And what we do is we just go out in the community and we do our best to serve those in need. Some of those families are Christians and some of them aren't. There's no requirement to be a Christian. In fact, we want to just serve anyone that has a need. We want to meet that need. And so we've cleaned barns and we've cut down trees and we've cleaned up wood. We've painted houses and sheds and fixed fences. And what are we trying to do? We are trying to serve others and through our service of others, show to the best we can the heart of Jesus the world and to Elizabeth and Kyla. We're trying to be the church because this world needs Jesus. And as we do that, what's so fascinating is that that can be what helps someone move from a negative two to maybe a negative one. When Christians just come and serve them without being like, here's a tract. We don't normally do that. We do invite them to church. We do offer to pray for them. But there's no demands. There's no strings attached. We just serve them. And that act of love and service can be that thing that helps them go from a negative two to maybe a negative one. Or helps them, you know, like, oh, wait, wait, wait. And it opens up conversations and the opportunity for us to help them move forward. 
Our goal is to be the church, to collaborate on our shared mission with intellect and action. And so possible applications, I just threw a bunch of stuff out here. Maybe you can join us for IQ Church in February. Maybe you want to start now and watch some of the past messages. Uh, Maybe the topics we've done aren't the ones that you need to know more about or study. Uh, Maybe it's time for you to find a, a good podcast that explores a biblical topic or to pick up a book to study. Uh, And if you need help finding resources, we would love to help you. Uh, Ask myself or Jake or Kirk or Gracie or any of us. Um, But we also want to serve. We want to serve. We believe we are most like Jesus when we are serving others, right? Think of Jesus at the Last Supper, washing his disciples' feet. And so maybe for you, the next step for you is to join a ministry team to begin serving. And the first step is really easy. You just reach out to the leader of that team and say, hey, I would like to see what serving is like, okay? If you come to us today and say, hey, I'm interested in serving, do not worry. We're not gonna put your name down in blood and make you serve for the rest of time, okay? What we'll do is say, okay, hey, join us next time we have worship team practice and sit in and see what it's like. The first step is just a shadow because we don't wanna just have warm bodies doing different things. We want to get people plugged in and using the gifts that God has given them and where their passion is and where God's gifts align and where the needs of our church community are, that intersection of all three of those. And we would love to get you serving and involved in a ministry team. So we help people consider the good news about Jesus, connect in our worshiping family of faith, and collaborate on mission with intellect and action. And we do not do this to earn anything. We do this because God has already paved the way and renewed our hearts. And so now, based on grace, we seek to become more like him. A scholar named Michael Horton said it like this. He said, where most people think that the goal of religion is to get people to become something that they are not, the scriptures call believers to become more and more what they already are in Christ. It's a great way to say it. As I was thinking about all this, um, it just kept reminding me of um, Joanne White. And many of you know she passed a couple weeks ago. Um, We'll be celebrating her life on January 10th, if you're able to join us that Wednesday. Um, But for those of you who don't know Joanne White, uh, Joanne and Les, uh, Les passed a year ago. Um, They were founding members of our church. Our church would not be here without them. And um, she was a very uh, sweet lady and had just a big heart for the Lord. And um, one of the last times I visited Joanne and she was able to speak, uh, she was just talking about, one, her frustration that she couldn't read the Bible anymore because her hands wouldn't do it and her eyes couldn't do it. But then uh, later on in that conversation, she talked about the ministry she had to the nurses in the care facility. And I just love that, that was her heart at that point in her life. Because at least from what I've seen and probably you've seen as well, as you get older, kind of those natural barriers of being nice just because it's a polite thing to do go away with time. I don't know what that is. Have you guys seen that? And I think what happens is more and more you just act out of who you have become. And kind of that your, your heart of hearts is kind of revealed. You just wear it all on your sleeve increasingly so. And it was just so precious for me to see that that's the kind of person she had become. That's the kind of person I want to become. 
kind of person that I am in my life is still all about Jesus and spending time with him and sharing him with others and being there for others. And how does that happen? That happens through a lifetime of walking with him and seeking to follow him and become like him by grace with God's help. So let's um, respond together. And during this time, again, same question. Where are you? What's your next step? What does that look like to take that step for you? So worship team, I invite you to come on up. And before I pray, I just want to also let you know that if you need prayer for something specific or if you want counsel of some kind, uh, we do have a prayer team and they will be actually in our prayer and counseling room. So if you head out of those double doors and almost pretend you're leaving, but don't leave. And then uh, the last door on your left before the exit doors, that's our prayer and counseling room. And we would love to pray with you and um, they write down the request and they pass that on to us on staff as well. But let's gather together now in prayer and in response to Jesus. Jesus, we do want to follow you. You are the King and the Lord. And I pray for all of us, wherever we are with you, that you would help us not settle, that you would help us look to you and press forward in faith you'd help us listen to the voice of your Holy Spirit as he leads us and nudges us and encourages us and challenges us, that we would just be filled with a desire to follow you this year, to put you first in our lives every single day, to start and end our days with you. Jesus, would you do a work in each of us individually, but also in our church community? Would you help us to be the church, to be your body here in Elizabeth and Brook, Iowa, and Franktown, and Parker, and increasingly so when people look at us and how we behave and how we act to see Jesus in that and through that. We ask these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. Please stand as we sing. Please. 
Take a stand. He took a stand for you. Amen. Have a great week. Thanks, Dan.